I can see, Andy, you've done your hair. It's all looking very neat. Mate, so it's um, winning on the presentation. It's proper lockdown. Look, look it's, it's really long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can just about get a little ponytail going now. Oh, it's, mad, it's mad, isn't it? Try and do a top knot, John. Do a top knot. Next week, I want top knots. That's your homework. Have I got enough hair on top to do a top knot? It's mostly at the back. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Chippenham and John Ponting in Cricklade. Oh, Kieran is incredibly hyped and that kind of scares me. Welcome. You are listening or watching Sheer Isolation, depending on your format. Thank you for joining us as as ever. I'm assuming you're a regular listener. If not, welcome for the first time. You've got myself, John, uh, in Cricklade. Kieran is having his lunch break at work over at Chippenham Town Hall. It's not really lunch break. I'm just I'm just not working right now. He's, he's not on a break, but he's not working either. That's, that's the life of luxury. The aim of Sheer Isolation is to promote uh, local music in the West and uh, talk about venues and festivals and all kinds of things. We have got a cracking guest lined up for you guys this week. We've got Andy Ray, who is part of the team at 2000 Trees. The festival, My favourite festival. The festival that Kieran shouts about at every opportunity he gets. Uh, so we've love, got it. Just, love it. Love uh, it so much. I love it. We are, we're just going to ask Andy, uh, we, we believe the festival is going to go ahead because of the, the dates, uh, based on what the government's dates are for, for the proposed opening up of the country. We think the is going to go ahead, but we are going to talk to Andy and get the scoop about what the festival will look like if it does indeed go ahead. I have a prediction, John. My prediction is not a single Yank is making the cr- journey across the pond and it's, go back, it's going to go straight back to being an all-British festival. Which is how it started out. Yeah. Mm. No problems there. There's some great British bands. Uh, as always we've got a couple of tracks to play for you this week we've um we've got a nice quiet little ditty uh, brand new track from lonely tourist bristol-based glaswegian who's uh, who's who decided to lock down in bristol rather than go home so uh, we, we can claim it as ours and yeah he's got a new track out which is a lovely one we've also got possibly the noisiest thing i've heard come out of canada which was uh, andy's oh. pick from uh, from a band called the dirty nil the dirty nil yes yes good choice pretty exciting happening in, in chippenham today uh, nothing greatly happened exciting in them today. However, I did have a lovely phone call with Marie Lennon from BBC Radio Wiltshire. And she called me about musicians. And they've done some, uh, some, some company have done some research on musicians. And apparently one in four musicians are thinking about giving up. I think that's really sad. So I went on to give my tuppence. And I absolutely laid into PRS. It was wonderful. Oh, it felt so good. But actually, I've got a bit of a story to talk to you about PRS. Would you like to hear it? Should we say that for later? Let's 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 not. We can do. Let's not blow do. all of our content in the first five minutes. Let's play a tune. Let's play a tune, okay? <laughs> because as, as I just mentioned, Lonely Tourist has a brand new track out. It's already been getting some national airplay, so we cannot take any credit for exclusive play out here. Um, but we we nearly within a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, have a listen to this one. It is called Four Phone Calls. Four seven. Zero two, followed that house, things for you. I okay, shame about the weather. Hang on, I'll just get your mother. Hello, Paul, so and so died. Do you remember they were nice to you when you were five? I'm not sure, Mum, but that's a shame. Yes, get a mask out for them. At least we're talking though we don't say anything At least we don't do arguing Four seven zero two 
Hello, Dad. See your team get through. Aye, but that defence will get them in bother. Hang on, I'll just get your mother. Hello, Paul. I was out with Angela just the cafeteria down at Asda. Well, it's a company, Mum, not the venue. Yes, and they've got an excellent menu. We're talking though We don't say anything At least we don't do arguing Four seven zero two. Hello Dad, I'm going out on a pub tour Does your work no mind? Have they got cover? Hang on, I'll just get your mother Hello Paul, I got a jacket for Rudy and he loves that record by Ian Judy. Yeah, I think he heard it when he was down last year. He's got better music taste than me. At least we're talking though. We don't say anything. At least we don't do arguing. Four seven zero two. Hello Dad, how's things with you? Your mum's not here, Paul, she's going to get a paper Okay, I'll phone back later And that was four phone calls by a Scottish lad, Lonely Tourist Now I tell you, he's played quite a lot for me in the past In Devizes, at the Lamb And he's an absolutely stellar guy, I love him to bits But he, he when he sings really hard to make his voice really clear in the PA because he's a bit of a mumbler. That, that's part of the intrigue of his songs, I think. It works. I mean, yeah. there are bands like that. So, I love Paul. I think he's absolutely... I'm just teasing. I think he's wonderful. Despite being originally from Glasgow and starting having a very strong accent, he is part of the fabric of the Bristol music scene. And I think he always... Please say he didn't go home for lockdown. I think he is home, John. I think his home is Bristol. I think that's very true, yeah. Got the choice between <laughs> Bristol and, and Glasgow. No offence to Glasgow, but I would prefer Bristol, I think. We will move on to tonight's guest then, because we want to have a proper listen to this, and anyone who's planning to go to a festival this year will want to tune into this one. So it's Andy Ray. He is part of the 2000 Trees team. Karen, I'll let you talk about trees, because you love it so, so much. I love trees so, so much. Interestingly, the dates of trees are, I think it's the 7th to the 10th this year, isn't it? Um, but so we're making it one of the earliest festivals in the calendar. So it's a sort of second week of July, given, bearing in mind that there's no Glastonbury this year. So it really is at the forefront of the frontier of this lo- anti, you know, lockdown releasing of the rules. So if anything goes wrong, the, the chances are that trees will be one of the first to go. So I'm really hoping we can all behave and just... For my liver, yeah? My liver wants to get pounded by alcohol. So do you think, oh, please just behave so I can put myself into a cider-induced coma? That would be amazing. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> you didn't say a thing about the festival then. So, Oh, sorry. The festival's great. Um, it's wonderful people. It's a small site. Sorry, it's a big site, small capacity. So you never feel like hemmed in like you do at Glastonbury. You tend to know everybody there. If you're if you're not performing, bands tend to go anyway because they, they love the festival. You never to sort of more than 20 metres from someone you know. You can easily bump into your friends if you lose them. It's just fantastic. I've actually dug out my, my flag. It's kind of hanging just under the, the logo there, which won't make any sense for all of our listeners rather than viewers, but there is a little flag. <laughs> I'm going to say flying behind me. It's just stuck on the wall behind me. 
trees have announced based on today's news and news does change every day that the trees is going to go ahead but what, what is it going to look like based based on what we know currently we're looking at exactly the same as 2019 for ease i mean we had loads of ideas and loads of developments and loads of plans and we you know every year as you you guys know because you've been we change things we develop and we we try and keep the same ethos and the atmosphere and that's really important but it's what can we do to offer more and uh we split the opinion last time in 2019 when we introduced fairground rides there was you know social media responses across the spectrum some people were loving it and some people were hating it and you know it was an experiment so largely fairground ride? I, I love the ferris wheel yeah, yeah some we, people I, did. and other people were questioning whether we were becoming the next why not festival we we're going to sell out and become twenty five thousand big and all of these things that aren't trees there was kind of like a i suppose the leap to the thick end of the wedge from what was perceived as a thin end of a wedge but for us it's just constantly trying to do things that might be interesting and make it fun but to be honest i'm gonna go away from the serious question and, and give you a, a slightly silly response I can't remember how to run a festival. So we're just going to have to do stick to the plan that we had because it's been so long. Well, you know what? That makes complete sense. Um, what surprises then do you have for, for this year's festival that we didn't do in 2019? Oh, 2020, sorry. Well, we've moved, we always move around the site. And um, yes, what we it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's great. <laughs> well... <laughs> That's right. I think what it is, right? You've been to trees so often. Every time you wake up drunk, you're like, I don't know where I am because it's not the same as it was when I was here this time last year. Stop the you world. Know? I want to get off. Yeah. Um, what would you like? What would you particularly like us to keep the same? Um, I would uh, like this, the band stands scattered all around the campsite, like like they were a few years ago, rather than having them all, all in one place. Down, down. Right. We'll change that straight away. What else do you want us to keep the same? Uh, don't change anything except for the locations of the campsites. The rest of it's fine. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do to that. We're going to definitely mess with your brains. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we, we, we introduced in 2019 a spoken word or non-music stage. Mm. And that was really successful. It was, a, again, an experiment. There was comedy for three whole, for the whole festival. That's the first time we've done a whole thing. So the program of non-music expanded hugely oh to God. the whole three days. And there were loads of interesting talks. Some guy who was like you, a, a, like a fan of the trees, wanted, was also a, an academic and wanted to come and pitch his research and talk about cool. it. And it was the use of um, mobile phones and social media. And, you know, are we addicted to our phones type thing, which if you've seen the social dilemma, yes, we are. Uh, and it's deliberate. But that was just one example. There was loads of spoken word stuff. We also introduced like a, a better kids area. So we had the word stage and uh, the retreat and a lot of the charities were over there as well. So it became quite a nice place. And I really want to keep that because it's in the main field. I did but like the, the retreat because one of the guys who um, camped with us, Kieran, he was part of the poetry singing at the trees, yes. wasn't he? Um, he was, yeah. But the problem is when the main stage starts, it's too loud. Yeah. So we introduce it, we try it, and then we say, that's not perfect, we need to tweak it. So that's moving. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm aware that we've been going 15 years and I'm aware that a lot of us have got kids. A lot of the fans that are coming back year after year are growing older as well. So we are evolving in that way to become a family friendly but still all about the music rock festival now i'm not sure we're not sure if that's possible but so far so good i mean 
um, some of the ukulele sessions, for example, were just phenomenal. And there were adult ones and kid one, kids ones. And they're just people who love the music, but, of you know, life has moved on for them. I'm assuming you keep a track on how other festivals operate. And, and I don't know if you go to them, but obviously you must understand how other f- festivals operate in order to make sure that you stay yourself and and you know and there's clear identities between them i do know witchwood festival which is very close to you they have a very good family offering i've been to their festival a few times it's very well done um without encroaching on the music side of it although their bills are never as strong as yours so. <laughs> yeah and and um i know witchwood well i've been a few times i live in cheltenham and so it's a festival that i have a lot of time for i know the organizers and i've I'm also a freelance event manager, so I've worked at lots of events oh. across the UK, which is interesting. And we're members of the AIF, the Association of Independent Festivals, which is a great talking shop for independence to sort of fight back against the corporations, as I see it, a bit sort of Star Wars-esque kind yeah. of, uh, you know, it's us, it's us against the money. So there's lots of conversations always. And, I, and I, I write things for trade bodies and the magazines that talk about the events industry. I'm really interested in all that. Obviously, I work in events too, so you have a general understanding of, of how things work. I've never, I've never run a festival in the nature that you have, so I don't understand how necessarily how you do things. Uh, but my prediction is it, I, I can foresee an awful lot of troubles or problems bringing in some American international acts to the UK. And that's not reflective of trees. That's just reflective of the industry at large, which obviously will have a knock-on effect on trees. Without st- sticking your colours to the mast and you know, being held to it, do you re- foresee the reality of, of Jimmy Eat World, etc.? coming to the UK or is it are we hoping the festival still exists or still continue but will it be more UK focused or how do you think that will pan out <laughs> Let no me just one's my, I've got a crystal ball over here hang on <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um no we you know we, the industry at large I think was very slow to adapt to this idea of doing streaming and digital and saw 20 let me get my years right 2020 yeah. as a blip and everything will be back to normal uh in 2021 now the reality is that hasn't happened but steps in the right direction you know we've got loads of barriers until we can confirm what yeah what, what even we know yet but the first thing that happened after we postponed was we rebooked as much of the lineup as we could and so you know they those bands are booked and the lineup that you see is the one that we're intending to have but honestly, I think getting flights over from America post-June is still, yeah, murky waters. I, I honestly don't know. Have you, kind of, have you got contingency plans, like a plan B to think if we do need to fill the spaces, we've got a list of UK artists that we can call up? Yeah, you guys have got instruments, right? We're, we're, we're do- <laughs> I was about to say, half the festival is actually populated by people who are in bands who just go to trees, even <laughs> not playing, because it's their favourite festival. I mean, there are other festivals, I won't name them, that are very similar in, in, in geographically and in general lineups that I don't, people just don't love as much. It's just as simple as that. So, you know, people go to trees because they love it. So you have, you're going to have choice pickings of bands. They're all going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. And that's why we've set up those multiple acoustic stages, because they are camps that are fat, super fans of some of the bands that we've booked, Camp Turner, Camp Rabbit. Everybody is just waiting for the government and, and there is no advanced warning on anything. You know, of literally when the public hears what Boris says, that's when we put our plans into action. I wanted to say that you're right. What I, the vibe I get from bands at the festival is that it is a bit like a coming back to 
if there is any such frank turner said this a few times but others have said it too if there is anything such thing as a scene trees is the place where that scene exists and a lot of the bands come and spend time and stick around for the weekend that's our that's our favorite thing it's yeah. like you, they've played but they want to be there because it's part of these bands that they've toured with and 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 love as well i remember when we booked the bronx and all of the lineup that was on that day that was sort of curated to to fit we're all on the steps of the the all of the stage the whole thing was just chock-a-block with artists wanting to see the bronx perform as well as the the fans as well so i mean that's lovely i mean that is such a nice it's quite unrivaled i don't know any other festival that has that relationship with their artists I mean, you don't see that at Reading, you know, Foo Fighters playing. It's not like the whole barricade is stepped of support bands or friends wanting to watch them. It's just, you just don't get that with any other festival. Yeah, it's just a gig at that level, I suppose. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Also, one of the things about Trees that I absolutely love is that you can chuck on a band on, let's say, the Axiom stage. And this band may not be very big. But you know, you can guarantee that Trees, they will find an audience. So people who will already know them or probably have already bought the record and will know the songs. It doesn't matter how small they are. Trees, they will get a crowd and it will be a responsive crowd. And that is absolutely incredible as a fan because I know that my little favourite new band signed to Alcopop are going to play there and they're going to get the response and it's going to be brilliant, which they won't get anywhere else. Oh yeah, that's that is a lovely thing. My favorite thing is walking past a tent, having listened to a lot of this music in advance, and hearing a song and thinking, "I know that from, let's say, Spotify, for example," and or, or even just not knowing some of the artists occasionally, popping into a tent and finding your new favorite acts. I think that journey of discovery, and and the trust that the fans have for us to. I'm not saying that we're like Glastonbury where they don't need to announce a lineup before people buy tickets. But I think there is certainly a lot of a lot of people going because they know that the lineup is going to be what they want, what they're looking for. For me, Trees is in four months. And I can't get my head around this idea of being surrounded by people in four months' time, particularly to the, to the extent of being in the middle of a mosh pit. Do, do we think that will actually happen this summer? <laughs> well, um, the most ridiculous thing I've seen is the Zorbing Ball. Oh, that's uh, amazing, is, isn't it? <laughs> what was the game? Can you imagine if we had to get me. 10,000 Zorbs at trees? <laughs> um, that would just be awesome. Yeah. Um, I've heard um, the suggestions around sort of bubbles and groups of bubbles, but but yeah, I mean... I think once you've got drunk people in the one space, there's no way that's going to happen. And, how are you going to stop it? How, exactly that. How do you police it? There's absolutely no way. There's no way you could do it. Not, not effectively, not financially. You couldn't afford the levels of security required to do that. I just, no. Can you uh, imagine if, I mean, because you can't stay static, you can't build loads of pens and say, this is yours. Here's your, here's your ticket. Number one, you get to go here with your two meters. Newcastle race course. Forbes <laughs> is the answer. Zorbs is the answer. I, I can't get over this idea because tree, the entire Trees Festival is on a slope. You would just have 10,000 Zorbs at the bottom of the hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the race on the first day? You get your Zorb, you've got to blow it up. Yeah. Got all your camping gear in it. And then you go, which way is the campsite? It's like, you can go uphill or downhill. Right, that way. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just, roll. Just, just like 10,000 people camped at the main stage. <laughs> <laughs> Against the pit barrier, yeah. Uh, oh, it'd, be like, be um, it'd be like frog spawn, wouldn't it? It'd just like this massive, <laughs> giant frog spawn across the site. That's exactly what it would be like. 
Well, you know what? I've got this down to a T, right? So I've got this cool bag that I bring. I fill it up with frozen water and frozen orange juice and already pre-chilled um, cider in tins. Bring it into the festival. That stays cold the whole weekend. And the, the, the cider stays cold all weekend. And I still can top up on water so I'm not getting dehydrated. It works a treat. And I can still buy alcohol from the bar and it still doesn't go cold. I, it stays cold all weekend. I'm a genius. That is awesome. I remember the last time before we started Trees, we were going to Reading Festival regularly and it was getting more and more escalated in terms of our preparation, including one year or two years possibly. We bought dry ice to pack all of our sausages and bacon and stuff in for, for two whole days. Because <laughs> the, the idea of sweaty meat two days still three days into Reading didn't appeal so we we took it very seriously you have to it's a, it's a marathon to. not a sprint isn't it absolutely there you go see before you go you need to tell us about the tune you've uh, picked and why you picked it the dirty nil really good band really enjoyed the the, the music it's kind of like j- jokey it's, it's got echoes of weezer and it's kind of got some nice riffs in the in the album as well so you have to listen to the whole thing it's light-hearted pop punk with a with a occasional metal undertone
We have just listened to Doomboy from the Dirty Nil, old rock band from Canada, as chosen by Andy. They are, as far as I'm aware, not due to play at Trees, but maybe, maybe in a few years' time, who knows? What kind of bands they would get there? Well, who knows, John? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Right, uh, time for a bit of news. Kieran, you, you've been dying to tell me about this PRS stuff, so why don't you just go ahead? <laughs> what, it, what it is, what it is. MVT regularly do these um, mail outs and, and big, they call them big meetings. And they've just done big meeting eight. And the entire meeting was specifically about PRS and, and how they are shafting the musicians they represent. But basically this week, there's been this thing called call to arms. And that's enabled um, people who PRS represent. So that's venues as well as artists uh, to give feedback on their OCL. What the OCL, the on- online concert license actually represents is loosely based on the tariff licenses for venues that tariff license isn't accurate or or very useful or usable and neither is the ocl so actually we've gone back or venues have gone back to prs and said you're terrible sort yourself sort yourself out but interestingly some of the figures that came out of this this research that they've done which i wrote down earlier i've thrown away um, but anyway, basically, PRS as an organisation is performing rights society as an organisation. They turn over eight hundred and fifty over eight hundred and fifty million pounds a year. They pay out to their represent who, who they represent around about eighty four percent of this, which is six hundred eighty six million pounds a year. And they effectively, in costs, pocket the other hundred and twenty million pounds. Live music in the UK only offers roughly £54 million in, in, in licences, which is about 6% of their turnover. The rest of their turnover is paid for by Google and by Universal, so sort of TV, films, and Google streams, etc., etc., etc. So actually, the live circuit offers very, very little to PRS, but there is this thing called a black box, also known as the reverse Robin Hood. And this black box effectively means if a musician plays in a PRS licensed venue, so let's just say the Vic in Swindon, that's a really good example. They, they pay PRS and let's say a local band perform it. Let's just say, for example, Talking Code. Talking Code are not registered with PRS. So when um, the venue um, pay their PRS license, that money gets put into the black box. And, and what happens is, is a thing called the reverse Robin Hood. So the artist is paying through ticket sales, the PRS. However, that money cannot be attributed to the artist because in the majority of cases around the UK, artists aren't registered with PRS. That money, therefore, goes into the, into the pot and that pot is then divvied up between the most popular artists of the day. So effectively, Ed Sheeran is getting, and Adele are getting paid by you know, any old Tom, Dick and Harry musician performer performing original music in pubs like the Vic, like Level 3 in Swindon, like the Pump in Trowbridge, like the Town Hall. If they're not registered with PRS, that money is going to Ed Sheeran. That system is broke. It turns out the PRS boards and chiefs are the very people who represent Adele and Ed Sheeran. So you cannot tell me there's not a conflict of interest there. It's because there is categorically, there's no wiggle room. There is that black and white. And the people that are capable of changing that, it's not in their interest to change that because they would lose out. And if anybody from PRS wants to join us on future Sure Isolation shows, you are very welcome to uh, have your right to reply. You can certainly come and correct me and tell me why the black box and the reverse Robin Hood doesn't exist. It does, but you can explain to me why it does. 
uh, and why you can explain to me why it's fair. If you have a reason why it's fair, I'd love to hear it. And right. so would other millions of people. You can get in touch with this show by emailing us isolation at gmail.com. Kieran's just having a breakdown now. After I'm sorry, time. John, I got really off my perch there. Um, Nobody noticed it's fine, but we have run out of time, so we just got to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone! <laughs>